Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-host, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Welcome to our special Halloween episode. Every year, we will produce a Halloween episode because it's our favorite holiday and also our wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary, babe. Can't believe it's been two years since you walked down that pavement in the park towards me. Yes, the sun was so perfect, but it was so cold as well. It was also a blue moon that night, which was even more rare, and it was the perfect day, even though I was freezing my ass off. Liz got sick and I had to get her some meds, and since our car was having some issues, the lights kept on like going on and off, like the high beams, like it was like glitching out, so it would be like high beams, then go down to low beams. I got pulled over, but it was still definitely the best day of my life. We also had this really cool nightmare before Christmas cake as well. I know it was COVID. We couldn't really have anyone around and we had to cancel the bigger wedding, but I'd do it the exact same way with a couple tiny tweaks. Today is all about Halloween and we had a lot of cases that we were throwing up in the air just so we can cover for today. But this one really spoke to Liz. Yes, and hopefully we can grow as a podcast and we can give you so much more. So make sure to tell your friends about us. One day we will get to all those cases connected to you as well. It's a long list. I have a lot of spooky cases we'll be covering all year round, but I wanna talk about something that just stuck out to me. So let's cover this one. Ronald Clark O'Brien was a 38-year-old man, later nicknamed the Candyman, and the man who killed Halloween. He lived with his wife, Danini, in Deer Park, Texas, with their son, Timothy, and daughter, Elizabeth. O'Brien worked as an optician at Texas State Optical in Sharpstown, Houston. He was also a deacon at a Second Baptist church where he sang in the choir and ran a local bus program. He sounds like a real stand-up guy, singing in the church, making sure to give his time and run to his local bus program. Doesn't it, though? And of course, like most people, no one had any clue this man had ever had any issues, or very few issues. He decided to take his children out with his neighbor trick-or-treating in Pasadena, Texas. They had eventually gotten to a home where no one was answering the door. And of course, the kids grew impatient and headed off to the next house to see what they were handing out. Well, not Ronald. He decided to stay back and do something when he caught up to the group. He had produced five pixie sticks. He gave two of them to his neighbor's children and one to each of his own kids. And he had given the fifth one to a little boy that was about 10 years of age at the time who he'd recognized at his church. As soon as Timothy got home from trick-or-treating, he did what most kids do. Want to dive into their boatloads of candy. He, of course, chose the pixie stick and he was struggling to figure out how to open it and his father helped him. Upon tasting it, Timothy had noticed it tasted funny and bitter, which I mean, we all know pixie sticks are nothing but sweet and more sweet and sugars in a straw. These things are often used now to keep kids peppy for pageants as well. Yes, I remember that. Well, his wonderful dad decided to tell him to drink it down with some Kool-Aid so it can taste better. Right away, Timothy started to complain of his stomach hurting. He headed to the washroom and he started to vomit and convulsing. 
According to Ronald, he tried to help his son. I don't believe that for a second. He told him he will feel better. I keep seeing him saying something like, must have had some bad candy, or as this kid is, you know, screaming out of pain. Now, it did get to a really bad point, and I feel like Ronald had a change in heart, maybe, and decided to take him to the hospital. And sadly, Timothy died en route to the hospital only an hour after he had ingested this pixie stick. They, of course, didn't think his father did it until they had done an autopsy and had found the pixie stick had been laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Lucky for everyone else involved, they were able to obtain the remaining pixie sticks before any of the kids consumed it. Well, he didn't do a good job of covering his tracks. He had filled each one of them and resealed the package with a stapler. I mean, what the hell? Bad cover-up, but oh my god, stapler? According to the pathologist that tested Timothy's ingested candy, and he had enough cyanide in there to kill two grown adults, and the others that were recovered would have been up to three to four grown adults. Oh my god, this man clearly had a taste for hurting children and was planning on doing so to all these kids. Once they had started to question Ronald, he told them initially that he had no idea which house he got the candy from. I mean, yeah, that is possible not to remember. I remember when I was a teenager, we were still trick-or-treating, and I had gotten a few condoms in my bag. I had no idea what house it came from, but then again, I was not the most observant in the world with the really little things. I mean, ghosts and stuff I can see all day and night. I remember getting some candy that was open or it was just, it looked weird. It didn't look like anything that you would get from a store. And uh, I would just remove that and then throw it out. Well, they started to really get suspicious of him because they had only gone to two streets because it was raining that day. So they cut it short. The police also questioned the people who handed out candy that night and none of them had handed out pixie sticks. The police took him to the area where they had gone three times and he had stopped at the house that didn't answer or have their lights on that night. Yes, according to Ronald and his ridiculous story, he said that he knocked on the door and whoever was inside opened the door a crack and handed him those five pixie sticks. Yes, apparently he had only seen his arm, and it was a very hairy arm. I mean, I know if I had knocked on a house that didn't want to answer, and some random creepy hairy arm just poked his hand out and handed me five pixie sticks, I'd be like, all right, I'm good. Bye, man. (laughs) Right? I mean, me too. No way in hell I would be hanging around a house that had some sort of creepy witch-like arm on Halloween by myself without anyone around. No thanks. The house was owned by a man who was working as a traffic control at an airport, and he didn't get home until about 11 p.m. that night. (laughs) Well, there goes creepy hairy arm guy theory out the window. He really screwed himself there because this man had about 200 people confirm he was at work that night. A great place for an alibi. This poor man just minding his own business and working on Halloween night and then being accused of murdering a child and attempting to kill four more. Or hell, even if the kids shared their candy with others. Who knows? Exactly. Never go anywhere alone, guys. Because you just never know. Someone may also accuse you of murdering someone. That is exactly where my head went, too. 
Poor guy. Lucky for him, he was confirmed. Well, since the police didn't have any other suspects other than Ronald, he was in trouble at his current job, had lost 21 jobs before that, had owed a lot of money, and was in major debt. So he was just really in a bad place at this time. He had also lost his house, and he had put life insurance policies on his children. He had originally taken out $10,000 insurance policies on each one of his kids. Then one month before killing his son, he adjusted it by an additional twenty-five dollars per kid. I mean, clearly this guy was planning this. He didn't really care which one of his kids was killed, let alone both. And apparently a few days before his son's death, he increased the policy again. And FYI, guys, his wife had no idea about how he had any sort of life insurance set up for these kids. I also believe that she had no idea. I don't get any sort of bad vibe from her. Definitely an aloof type of vibe with mom. She didn't notice much, and she questioned him even less. The day after he called the life insurance policy trying to get the money after his child died, he had tried to get cyanide at a local chemical supply shop just a few short days before Halloween. Well, that was it for them. They had enough evidence. He was arrested on November 5th, 1974, only five days after his son's death. He was charged with one count of capital murder and four attempts of attempted murder. He entered a plea of not guilty. During the trial, a chemist that knew Ronald had stated that in the summer of 1973, he asked him how much a lethal dose of cyanide would be. He also spoke about it often to co-workers and anyone who would really listen about how much a lethal dose could kill somebody. It's almost as if he became obsessed. I mean, might as well just put a big sign on him with light saying, I did it. Right? On the day of the funeral, he decided to talk about how he was going to take a long vacation with the money he got from his son's death and buying other items. I mean, clearly you can see that this guy literally didn't give two shits about his kids. Like, who goes out and purchases items and planning a vacation right after your son dies? Right? Well, the jury agrees with what we said and took 46 minutes to decide that he was guilty and 71 minutes to sentence him to death. Yeah, it's all right there, you know. His wife filed for divorce right after sentencing and she went on and got remarried. Her new husband ended up adopting their daughter, Elizabeth. Good idea on that one. The correctional facility priest said that Ronald really kind of got screwed in prison for himself as well. He had no friends, and he was shunned by fellow death row inmates for killing a child. They wanted a public execution for him as a demonstration of their own hatred for him. Yikes, could you imagine being that hated? Uh, He tried to have this execution postponed a few times. He was the first with legal lethal injection, and he felt like it was inhumane. Unlike his son's death, though, right? Exactly. Like, how crazy is that you killed your children, well, one of your children, with cyanide in an inhumane way? Anyways, there were over 300 people outside screaming trick or treat. I would say that's pretty sweet justice, though. I know we already know the story, but there is a lot of unanswered questions here, so we're going to go through it all. Yes, I have so many questions for you. Let's start with this one. Timothy, how is he? What's going on with him? What was his reaction and feeling about this? 
Well, I can feel him. This poor kid, now he comes to me as an adult because he had a lot of adult feelings on this one. He shows me that his father was just there most of the time. He wasn't a really good dad in any way. He said that his father put on a show for everyone most of the time, of course, but he said that his dad called him names and used to make him feel like he was nothing, garbage. He said he would always try to, like, show his kid that he was more of a man than he was. Yeah, I mean, all dude cared about was the money anyways. Yeah, he said that his father would always promise him things, but, you know, never really followed through on it. He just basically wants to tell the world his side of things, and he said that his father was very abusive towards him. Seems like it. Does he know what happened leading up to his death? Like, how long his dad was planning to do this? How did he come up with this plan? Does he know? He does know what happened. He had a lot of time to figure it all out since his father had also died. He could speak about it pretty freely, which is great. He shows me he had this plan the last Halloween before this one. He had seen a newspaper clipping that parents should be extra cautious with candy because a child got sick off of a candy and had to stay in the hospital for a few days. Now, the kid was not poisoned, but it was like moldy or something along those lines. And then it clicked in his head. He was looking for a find a way to get money quick scheme. And he thought, hey, well, I love my wife. She doesn't do anything bad to me. But these damn kids, they get on my nerves. I could live my life without the kids. Yeah, they're costing me money. I mean, that's the reason I'm in debt, right? Sounds like it was him putting himself in debt, but sure, let's go with blaming the kids, since they're the ones spending the money, right? Pretty much. And from the sounds of it, he didn't know anything on how to kill them, so he decided that the only night of the year that would make sense is getting candy from a stranger. I feel like he had this plan in his mind that really didn't add up. So first of all, I know that it was raining that day he went out with the kids, but if you have been planning this for almost a year, he was not planning on taking the neighbor. That was something planned a little last minute. He was planning on slipping these pixie sticks into multiple kids' bags so it wasn't just his child. I also see he was planning on taking the kids all over the place. A few blocks, I keep seeing he was going to be in different locations, but I feel like it wasn't going to be too close to home. Now, he didn't think he would get caught, let alone be able to tie any of these crimes to anyone. So he thought it was like the perfect crime. Is this coming from Timothy? It is, but it's also coming from what I can see. Like, I can see this situation come to life. I feel like I'm reading into his mind. I feel like Timothy is the one taking me on this journey that he took himself after Ronald died. I just want to clarify so that people can follow along a little bit better. Sometimes people have questions. For us, it makes sense, but some people it may not all add up. So giving you guys those little pieces of the puzzle is also good. If you guys have your own comments or questions, just need some clarification, you can just drop your comments in the section on Podbean. You can also drop comments on the Freaked Out Facebook page. Thank you for that little information. Now, from what I see, he had been thinking about giving about 10 to 15 kids these pixie sticks. I seen he had planned on getting these pixie sticks prepared a few weeks prior. However, he was lazy and he also had a hard time getting this cyanide and he decided to put everything together really the last day, which was Halloween. 
And that is another reason the dose levels were so off and all over the place. I believe he was excited about this. He felt like he could somehow end up being a hero because he was the one to discover it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy in itself. Another thing that Timothy wanted me to tell everyone was that he came home from trick-or-treating. He did want candy like most kids do, but he said he didn't really want the pixie stick. It was in his I want pile, but he also had gotten a really nice looking chocolate bar. And from what he shows me, his father strongly suggested taking the pixie stick. He had suggested it to both his kids, son and daughter. His daughter didn't want anything to do with it at the moment. Good thing uh, didn't need more deaths by his hands. Right. Timothy also wanted us to know that his father didn't even try to help him at all. His dad knew what was going on. He only offered him to go to the washroom so he doesn't have to make a mess everywhere. He also shows me his sister. She wasn't around or talked a lot in this situation, but she was around when all these things were going on with him. And she watched with fear in her eyes and it haunted her for a long time. He really misses her so much. He said she was his best friend. She is much older now and he misses her every single day. So nowadays, as parents and our grandparents, we all check candy for the kids. We also got to make sure that we keep checking the candy constantly because there is still some crazy people out there. (laughs) Yes, there are. And Timothy has one more thing to mention. He said his father did do all of the insurance adjustments because he was expecting both of his kids to die, as we all know. But he said that his father had also had hurt animals in the past And he had also had no remorse after Timothy had passed on and looks like he went to the place of no return. If I was him, I would also check into that as well. And thanks for giving us that information. Of course, Timothy is a really good guy and has been waiting for his sister and he will wait until he meets her before he crosses over, which is another reason it was easier to connect to him. He is so invested in his story and talking about it. All right, well, it's time for some questions from our listeners. Jennifer Watson from our Facebook group, Freaked Out. Podcast page asks us to give her a little bit more of our story. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, all right. (laughs) I know you guys know about the yard sale, but I'm going to talk about it again in a little bit more detail. Landon was dating a friend of mine, and I was married to someone else. I didn't know her well, though. My ex-husband had known her for years. I had just met her a few years prior to meeting Landon, actually. So my ex had told me that she had a few friends who were interested in meeting me, and one of the friends was also a trans guy and that we could all hang out. I was used to hanging out with uh, his friends. My ex-husband had nothing but friends all the time, and I was more or less working. I was really focusing on my business at this point. Things had just started to take off for me. And I decided to start working on my mediumship skills and preparing to move, which is why we were having a garage sale to begin with. I didn't even know that you were trying to practice your skills at that time. Well, you learn something new every day. I was also scared to explore the mediumship side of things. This day specifically, I had made it a point to try and tell my friend and my ex-husband that I wanted to make sure I was talking to a few people at the garage sale to see if I can get any spirits to connect. So that was kind of my excuse. I had already read a woman who was there and I told her she had a military man who had died of a heart attack. 
behind her and she didn't know who it was. She also then left and said she would talk to her mom and see what her mom would say. Yes, that is when we had just gotten there when this woman had returned to tell you that she had spoke to her mother and she wanted to come back to make sure that Liz knew that she was right. Yes, of course. It was pretty new to me. Anyways, I had seen Landon and I thought he was cute. He was dressed nice and wearing a hat and I like when men wear hats. Not because he was cute or anything though. I didn't start talking because of that. I think it was just a little bit because of that, but because you thought I was cute. Maybe a little. Anyways, he had a little uh, buffalo accent, and I thought it was awesome, even though he was American. (laughs) That's an ongoing joke between us. Anyways, I had decided that he was the next person I was going to do a reading on, which is weird because I don't like reading men. Yeah, so Liz just walked up to me, and I was basically just, I guess you would say shy but that's just my normal self when it comes to meeting new people I'm like awkward and then she just walked right up to me uh and she had uh shocked me and scared me at the same time Liz had said that I had my grandfather behind me and that he was proud of me and that he loved my tattoo and he and then she uh pointed to my arm where the tattoo was and said you were the apple of his eye and then I froze (laughs) Yeah, well, that's basically what your tattoo did say, apple of my eye, above his tattoo. And the tattoo uh, was of a T-Rex. And that was also for his grandfather's memory, because his name was also Rex. I mean, you guys would have been stunned, too. I mean, who would know that, though? You know what I'm saying? That was the most connected and most accurate reading that I had ever done at that point, right on the spot. I felt his energy so strong and so intensely. It was crazy. I wanted to say more, but we did have a garage sale, of course, and I had a very overbearing friend needing my attention. I definitely needed much more. I could not stop thinking about that day or thinking about her, and I really liked hanging out with her, and I wanted to at least be her friend. Yes, that day was so weird. We also had uh, my ex-husband get stung by a bee right in his butt crack. (laughs) My dog got stung by a bee. (laughs) He wasn't the nicest to me. So when my spirits, like my grandfather or grandmother, they would get mad at him and give him little reminders to be nice. Usually it's not so painful. I remember that. I know you just didn't share that information to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't. So there we go. Things weren't really working out with my ex-girlfriend at the time and Liz and her ex also were not working out either and we just ended up getting closer. Yeah, it was such an intense connection and nothing like I'd ever felt. Normally when it comes to love, I, like most women, find a man, lock onto them and then make them ours. I was always the one chasing people. And Landon was chasing me, and that never happened. He was amazing, and still is. I knew that I wanted to be with you, and I knew that we would have a really special relationship if we did end up together. Well, we had to sacrifice a lot. We knew because our relationship was already pretty complicated, and because I was also scared for his life and my life, as my ex-husband, whom, by the way, I was pretty honest to about Landon, which I sort of regret now. He made me scared. (laughs) He would sit me down and tell me he had all these people to send after Landon. And he would play like, you know, those Facebook audio clips of his friends whom he would share with me. And they would 
basically say they would want to kill him and, you know, that they were coming after him. It was pretty scary. I was not scared at all. I know Liz was, and I understand why, but I was not. I had taken about nine months to a year of Landon trying to be with me before I had decided. So I am so glad that I had made that choice and we got to be together. We have had a really crazy story and super complicated. Uh, We have many stories to fill you guys in on, on this journey, but once we get some time, we will start opening up about that more and more on the lives that we do. We just want to make sure to keep your ear out when those do come by. They normally come out every other Saturday. Yes, we will. Emma Lisa asks about reincarnation. I'm going to explain it a bit. It depends on the person and the situation. But when we die, we basically wait for our relatives, our friends, our family, everyone we want to see before we move on to the next stage. Sometimes people stay. They want to hang out. They want to stay years and years and years. It depends on the spirit. But most of the time, people usually just come back once they've gotten everybody they wanted to see and come back in a different form, most of which would be a person, a human. I haven't seen anyone go backwards. I haven't seen them go to like animals or tree life at that point. It usually is moving forward. Human is the the highest form you can be, but there are other things out there in the world. I just don't know a lot about it. I'll give you an example. The boy in the box. The photo they have doesn't really look like the child missing. So that part was already a little hard to try to go through and try to connect with somebody when I don't know what they look like. Because I have to, you know, go through files and files of people. I feel like 75 years or longer is usually a time span of when spirits will stay spiritual until they go to reincarnation space. There are spirits like Shakespeare. He's like a god up there. (laughs) He may end up coming back at some point actually in the next few years. So I need to get cracking on doing that one for Selena. Definitely do. We have also had a question somewhere else, but we couldn't find the name again, sadly. But someone had asked about our new home and if we have any spooky things going on here. Well, upon arrival, we did find a doggy grave, which made sense since the dog's like hanging up there. I felt that animal too. I believe the dog is actually hanging out in the basement since every time we take Riddle downstairs to toss the ball around on the colder days, he gets spooked every time. I also feel Drew. (laughs) Drew lived in the apartment back in Quinty West, and he's come here. He likes the attention, so he followed us. But he doesn't stay all the time like he used to. We had to leave a lot of our dolls behind, sadly. We grabbed a few, but Liz didn't really feel any spirits connected to the ones that we did leave behind. Very true. A lot of people had given us dolls, and we also had gotten a few, And I felt energies from a few of them, but then sometimes it would go cold and I wouldn't feel anything anymore. So I guess the spirits would just leave. But we have gone to a garage sale out here where we currently are. And ironically enough, it was all full of dolls and vintage dolls. Yes. Isn't that so random? Like we, we can't even get furniture right now without buying it from like, you know, uh, Wayfair or Amazon or wherever, but a garage sale full of vintage dolls right around the corner from right, us. Like the first series of like expensive collections. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went and oh my God, it was doll heaven. We got three dolls. I know <laughs> considering there were like 150 there. Uh, I got one that looked like Chucky, you know, Chucky doll, <laughs> his sister, I swear. 
We named her Lucky since she keeps telling me she's good luck, whatever that means. I don't feel like she has luck attached to her as of yet, but we shall see. I do feel a person though, an older woman. Hell, maybe it's the woman who died that's attached to this doll. Maybe, could definitely be. I picked out Jetty. I feel an energy around him. He didn't like the stand he was on, so I took him off and Liz put him back on there and I need to take him back off again. (laughs) I only put him up there so that I could, you know, examine them all in a stance and he would have been laying down. It wasn't like I was trying to hurt him. I didn't know he had an issue with it and he didn't say anything to me. And the third doll, which is Kaylee. She actually kind of looks a little bit like Kaylee Anthony. And Kaylee really does like dolls. The last time I talked to her, she was really into my Boo Bear, which we'll talk about that one day. So I got this doll to help me with that episode a little more. She is already really happy with the name of the doll and keeps telling me to feed her, which is great. I also like having the dolls because they keep bringing the kid spirits in. So I am all for this doll too. Definitely. And we will do a full live episode all about the dolls as well. And we will have videos to share as well. So just keep on watching and listening. Also, guys, if you haven't been on TikTok or on the Facebook group, you may have missed this announcement. But starting January, we will be doing six episodes a month instead of four, which means you guys will get one regular episode a week and two bonus episodes every other week. So make sure to share with everyone you know so we can keep on growing. This Friday, we will be dropping the Teresa Hallback episode. And we'll also be on the regular side, guys. Until next time, stay freaked out.